Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Oblivious. Uh, typical utterly, writer. Utterly oblivious to everything but his typewriter. But I was just marveling. Yeah, here, here I am, the, uh, the, uh, the big Hollywood screener. I started my morning by um, finishing writing episode six of my uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne podcast, technically the audio drama. Mm-hmm. Drove out this morning to do a couple episodes of my comedy podcast with Dave Anthony, and now we're, now we're here doing this. This is my podcast it, R.S. It's, yeah. it's so much more fun. This is nothing riding on it. It's already a success. That's right. We're All huge. you have to do is not fuck it up. Thank you. Um, well, you can talk about um, the, all those 80s. Oh, no, save it. Save it. Oh, okay. He doesn't know. You don't know. Well, no, I forgot to tell him. You, we had a no, long no, period no, no, where. No, the, the way it started was, he said, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. So you don't have to do any preparation. You know, and I said, oh, that sounds good. Great. And then for the most part, I didn't, I don't really, sometimes I don't even know who the guest is when I get here. No, I almost say yes. But he always, he usually keeps me from knowing what the topic is. And, um, and only lately has he. Well, because you, you complained. But it's it's like Joe is. I, all is, I said was that if I had some inkling yeah. that we were going to talk about Polish movies. Right. You know, I might go to my little list of Polish movies that I've seen and bone up a little. But, but he knows he hates what I say. He knows everything. It's not true. I mean, the fun part is <laughs> you've never, we've never had that moment where where Joe goes, I, I'm just not familiar with. But there's some. That's because I hide jump it. Jump in. Do you want to start? Well, we've already. Oh, we, we've been jumping in. I think yeah. we. <laughs> the, the way this works is that from the minute you come in, you're like in life. Oh, great. You're recorded. Yeah. Well, he's a professional. Al runs a what did you call it? a studio? A, a, we. I started a podcast network. Network. Yes. With uh, comedian yes. Bill Burr, it's called All Things Comedy. So we just knew in 2010 we knew that this would be big business, and we Why you s- been around that long? yeah, we started. Uh, well, that's when the idea and okay. it started in a parking lot, and the actual business and location. This is our fourth or fifth location, actually. Uh, okay. So um, got a you bunch got chased of, out of the other one. Was ahead. Chased out of the other one. Chased out of a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, we, I think, have 60 podcasts, but uh, we started like United Artists, want everybody to own and mm-hmm. control and yeah. uh, own their IP and knew that it was just a matter of time before big business got into this and yeah. they have and yeah. they want to own all of your IP. They love your owning your IP. Oh, yeah. They love doing you doing the work and them getting the profits. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we're out to sort of help comedians control their fate a little bit. Great. And comedians are responsible for a ton of content. Yep. Yeah. Some great shows. We have some great My shows. Favorite, the West Wing thing. Yeah. <laughs> With Josh <laughs> yeah. and Dave. That's good. It's in the stretch of kind of industrial uh, wasteland, sort of all these. Uh, and, and there's one door, and it looks like every other door on it, but this one door says comedy on it. And that's how you know you're at the All Things Comedy Network. I got those foil letters that you can probably buy. Just <laughs> 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 put comedy on So are front. we going to let the audience in on on who we're talking to yeah we're, talking we're just talking to. about this they know by, by now it's the whole there's this whole because i know but there's always a, a, for, a formality says, to things. Says, this I week we talked to al madrigal 
This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Funny man, can we call you Funny Man? Is yeah. that you like that? Yeah, is that? Yeah. Um, uh, and I was going to ask you before, but now we're on here. Is there anything specific? I mean, Al, uh, I've been a fan of Al's work from 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 way back. You know, you're on the Daily Show, and uh, you're on like Dying up here, and um, you do movies. Are we allowed to talk about the movie? You just came yeah, back? yeah. No, I've got, you just came uh, back. I've got three movies coming out. It's the very one you wanted, Yeah, what's tell the big one? You just came back for a huge one. Right? I got added to the Spider Verse, uh, so so I got to work with um, this. Uh, Amazing director, this guy, uh, Daniel Espinoza, I'm not sure, uh, did Safe House uh, mm-hmm. Life. Yeah. And he, um, uh, he, he's directing Morbius with uh, Jared Leto, Matt Smith. Um, my partner is Tyrese, uh, this great actress, Adria Aroha. I think I'm pronouncing your name properly. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm chasing down bad guys in the Spider-Man universe, so... Morbius the Vampire. What more could you ask? Morbius the Living Vampire. So they're a Sony movie. But Spider-Man's not in it. Spider-Man is not in it. It's the Spider-Verse. So what are the chances? Like, I'm going to do a deep dive into my own geekiness here and my age. What are the chances they're going to do the six-armed Peter Parker? The six-armed Peter Parker? You don't even know what I'm talking about. No, I don't know. Goddamn kids. The, The Morbius, I think it was his first appearance in the comics. This is like early 70s. And Spider-Man, it starts when Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, develops a serum because he's constantly trying to get rid of his spider powers because it sucks to be super strong and super awesome and all the rest mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> and he takes some kind of serum from a spider and he jabs himself with it. I think it was the 100th issue of Spider-Man. And and two more, he wakes up the next morning and two more arms have grown out. So now he's got six arms and two legs. So he's actually a spider. And for like three or four issues, he's spinning around and, and his arms have ripped through his costume. So they're naked arms, but he's still in his Spider-Man costume, and then he meets Morbius the first time. I'm going they're to worth- venture to say I'm just going to take a, a wild guess, and yeah. uh, I I bet you'll never see that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good. I bet if they do another when they do the next Spider-Verse cartoon, yes, yeah, that'd be nice if they gave a nod to it because uh, there is where you might yes. see it. Yeah. Yes, in fact, we had, we had one of the directors of that on here. Yeah, oh, it was a good guess, Peter Ramsey. Yeah, I'm going to see if uh, I'll ask him about that. Cool. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Right. You're, that's it. I told podcast. you it'd be easy. Awesome. It was uh, great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, Al, Al is uh, uh, well. Why don't you tell Joe uh, what your what your topic is? So I, I really credit. I you know love stand up comedy. Love um, just all comedy movies, uh, TV, SCTV for me growing up. Yeah, it was, just it was so much of, better than Saturday Night Live. It really was. I where mean, where did were you? Uh, was I it was quote in, unquote live at the time? I, or were you well, watching? Were you I was in San Francisco watching on a UHF uh, channel, uh, channel twenty six. Um, and they had John Biner had that show uh, called Bizarre. Oh, Bizarre, mm-hmm. yes. With Super Dave Osborne. Yes. And it actually didn't come in great. And so- UHF I, never did. Yeah. UHF, I was watching <laughs> through lines on yeah. a 13-inch black and white. Yeah. Uh, and so- and it was still funny. And it was yeah. still funny. <laughs> it was still funny. <laughs> yeah. So I I loved it. Um, I just, all the characters to come out of there, like Joe Flaherty- Ugh. 
and uh, Catherine O'Hara, who I'm not sure, are you watching Shit's Creek at all? Do I have seen. Episodes, yeah, she's yeah. so she's good. Great. She's got to get an Emmy for that. So and Eugene Levy. Eugene uh, Levy and so Dave Jim, yeah Dave Thomas but Eugene Levy and those all the ads the yep. nails 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 and uh, well and the whole conceit of the of the the, the station the station and Miss Prickly and uh, you Johnny know, Larue I Johnny think. Larue oh, I mean Larue. and his crane what and Johnny Larue's crane shot I think there's actually a, uh, um, a web a website. Called Johnny Lewis. Johnny Lewis, great shot. shot. <laughs> Fantastic. So I, I, I just loved, I mean, and I want to talk to you about this, but Martin Short for me, I got to do a TV show with him as a pilot in 2010 where I played his secretary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was w- the best week of my life. But, uh, I loved working well, with him. Well, he's so much fun to work with because he's, he's just so witty and so on. He's the most delightful man I've ever <laughs> encountered. So I was going to talk to you about Interspace, but uh, yeah, it's uh, Rick Moranis, Martin Short, and Don Knotts. I, I put them up. This is my Mount Rushmore of uh, comedian <laughs> so actors. goes to Mr. Chicken, man. Oh, yeah. it's uh, I loved it. Not the first two who's been on this show. That's, yes. <laughs> We um, apple dumpling gang for Don's. Oh. What they would line us up in our in our cafeteria. I think it was a rainy day, and we'd all sit and they had a reel of the apple dumpling gang, and we'd watch that. And uh, I just uh, I born in 1971, and loved just all the comedy I could get my hands on. I think it started from my dad had a tape cassette. He went to the Irish, my Mexican father went to the Irish Cultural Center with a neighbor because I grew up in an Irish Chinese neighborhood in San Francisco, the Sunset District. Wow. He went to the Irish uh, Cultural Center with um, Mr. McQuiggan down the block and came back with this Hal Roach tape. And Hal Roach was an Irish comedian whose catchphrase was write it down. Write it down, write it down. And so he just played that nonstop. Wait, not Hal Roach. The studio? Hal Roach, the the guy who made the Laurel and Hardy movies. No, no, no. Oh, different uh, Hal Roach. Yeah. Oh, I did not know this person. Um, and he, um, a famous Irish comic, and then we um, we listened to that as little little kids, and then you know I found my way to Eddie Murphy and Delirious and Ron. Uh, but as far as like uh, TV and movies. Um, and we were talking about these going away. I wanted to talk about all of those eighties boob comedies uh, that were out. And I guess I found a list where they call them sex romps. Yes, uh, <laughs> sex romps. <laughs> but the um, the spring breaks and uh, hard bodies, and then it was um, hot dog. The movie I just watched. A, a well, I was going to. Well, yeah, we talked about doing this a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, kept bumping into you and asking how it was going. I just got the sense. I'm I'm pleased to see you're all right. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like jamming through a bunch of these things would ultimately become very depressing. I I didn't. Well, I just will be going off memory because I remember as I go through the list of just watching. I've seen almost every single one of them. We had a couple local video stores in San Francisco. The biggest one was Low Video, which is I think the last remaining video store in the city. Uh, there were blockbusters all shut down, and Low Video, Low Video stuck around for a long time. But we'd go there and we'd rent VHS tapes and we mm. would sort through and, you know, if it's zapped, it's oh. <laughs> zapped or we, we would find them all. I remember Blame It on Rio. We watched over and over again because there were a couple boob shots in it. Um, you know, I'm a, a 
what a 13 year old boy uh 14 15 year old boy and you know getting their hands on a vhs test yes. of um you know now scott bale has superpowers and he can make go into a girl's locker room it's, it's fantastic but i watched some of um well why don't we we talk about yeah, you want to jump into some? I actually, I, are you going to do blame it on real? Because I have a hilarious story. Or... Oh, please, no. Thank God for Rhea. Just the thought of it. Good morning, Daddy. I want this to be the best time we ever had together. Blame it on Rio. You are here with your family, my friend and I, and our daughters. Your father's so sweet. I have a crush on him. What happened happened. Where'd you wind up? Ah. Dan Waters, who's been on our show, wrote Heather's, um, went to a screening of Blame It on Rio shortly after it came out at the DGA with Stanley Donan, the director, you know, the great director. And he said it was the most bizarre thing because the audience was had such goodwill towards him and during the Q&A session kept trying to, to give him an out. And they would be like, so um, the, the, the music, the studio pushed that on you, right? And you go, no, this guy, Michael Jackson, was going to give us all these songs. I was like, I don't want that. I want this stuff. And every single step of the way, he would go, no, 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 that was my idea. They're all just going, come on, man, please. We're <laughs> handing it to you on a plate. Because if, if people don't know, you want to explain? Blame it on Oh, no, you go, go, go. Yeah, just, I, I don't want to go near it. Yeah, so. <laughs> It's, it's it's some of these movies, and we again just watching scenes from Porky's and uh, Porky's Two. I just watched a bunch of, um, and and Hot Dog, Hot Dog the movie. These are horrible, horrible people <laughs> doing horrible things. Like to women, may, like that's what they are. It's just these are a bunch of sex crazed, abusive men, <laughs> which is. I every single movie, right? Um, Finding ways to trick women into having sex with them. Yes, that's the that is basis. Is that what life's all about? Ugh, yeah, in the eighties. In the eighties, <laughs> not now. Um, but yeah, do you want to good. just walk us through? Um, I, I wanted to start with the most influential movie. I mean, uh, that I watched, and I I think I've probably seen it a um, uh, hundred times. Uh, Strange Brew. Um, <laughs> ah. With uh, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Yes. Um, I loved that movie so much and knew at the time that um, it was loosely based on Hamlet. And you, you know all about it. Uh, and uh, I just Wait, love it. Wait, it's based on Hamlet? I don't remember this. Yes. Uh, and the Elsinore Brewery. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh-huh. they, um, they did an amazing job with that movie. I just love those characters from SCTV. Yeah, of course, yes. And that was the first time, like, I, you know. I have the um, action figures. My brother has the action figures as well. <laughs> yeah. He had, my brother had, my brother Ray has a whole scene set up. Ah, yeah, he's the great white noise. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, now my brother's gone. <laughs> uh, and he's peeing in the beer, and I'm surrounded by beer. I always thought dying in beer would be a great way to go, but now my brother's gone. Um, I'd kiss you if I didn't have puke breath. Uh, I love Rick Moranis so much in that Wait, movie. is there a hockey scene? I, when I think of that, I also think of somebody with a... Uh, 
I'm your father, you hosehead. Yeah, there's. Um, I think female listenership is going to be down. <laughs> we'll win them back. Well, <clears throat> again, if you grew up and you were a teenager like I was in the 80s and preteens, <clears throat> a lot of people from the 80s didn't grow up at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, for me, that was the movie. It was like, oh my god, I just I love this and yeah. comedy so much. Um, so, wait, I, had you were you uh, at that point? Had you'd seen him on SCTV at that point? Or yeah, I'd seen, him on, the, okay. I'd seen right, him on yeah, SCTV yeah. and just fell in love with the, the characters. Yeah. Which is saying like, Rick Moranis for me. You know, and, and now he's in Ghostbusters around the same time. Yep. Um, you know, me and a couple of friends got together from, the, yeah, I got a couple clients together in the office. Okay, who brought the dog? I just, I loved <laughs> every bit of that character that he would do over and over again. Yeah. Never really, I mean, he went full Disney uh, after that, right? Well, honey, yeah, I Shrunk the, the Kids. Honey, yeah. I Shrunk the Which Kids. Which is great. And, well, but that was a sort of a career change for him. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much And so. probably more money. And yes. then he went away altogether just because I think uh, from what I heard, his wife um, died of cancer and he just checked his, checked yeah, out of the business. Thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, he is just uh, amazing um, in everything he does. I think he's just so uh, great. It, it, I could watch him do anything. Yeah. So, um, but as far as all like the the, uh, the sex romps, and this is a list that so I was going to say, yeah, starting your list of sex romps with Strange Brew. Yeah, no, no. Um, I think that I must have stood that. out yeah. as far as like the most influential movie for me. Oh, that era, really? is, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but um, like, let's who? talk about sex romps because yeah. um, there just aren't these comedies are not made anymore. I, mean, <laughs> I wonder uh, why. No, no. I just no. <laughs> I see um, these party sort of comedies uh you see seth rogan is making yeah. movies that maybe could super bad could fit into this category i think but that's probably the last one um but let's go through hot dog the movie um now it's a ski movie do you remember this at all what Vaguely. do you know about what do you i've know seen about? it i haven't seen it in years. okay you have seen see, I, I kept thinking I, this is going to be the one no i have that stumps uh, Joe. Well, I, that's why i didn't want to tell i used you. to review movies so i i saw a lot of movies i wouldn't ordinarily have making gone. movies at this point yeah, I still watch them. I still actually, when I came to Hollywood, I was actually still sending reviews back to, uh, <laughs> to film so, bullet. Yeah, nineteen eighty four comes out, um, <laughs> and uh, directed by Peter Markle. Uh, I'm not sure. And uh, David Naughton is in this. Is that mm -hmm. American Werewolf in London? Is that same David yeah, Naughton? Doctor Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Pepper? He's the Dr. Pepper. He was guy. Dr. Pepper guy. That's how he oh, got those jobs. He was really? the Dr. Everyone Pepper knew him from that. But I was just looking at was that was uh, was this before Werewolf? Uh, it was uh it was after. It was after. It was after. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably offer only, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want this shit for. Um, I don't, think, I don't think David's career went where he thought it was going to go. The director has done a lot of TV. A lot, so a tremendous amount, but it's a ski championship in California. So mm -hmm. that's. That's the premise, oh. and you were able to, you know, they made Out Cold after that. There was another one that's on the list I called- I do not know Out Cold. Out Cold was Zach Galifianakis, and they attempted to- In make, the 80s? What's that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, I'm saying there was, as far as ski movies go- Ah, sorry. There I'm, was I'm, a- I lost the plot, yes. Yeah, it was um, Hot Dog was just, the premise was Ski Championship. Mm. Very Did simple. Hot Dog come after 
um, was better off dead, the one with skis, where they end up skiing. Savage Steve Holland? Yes. Um, I feel like it was early 80s, I think. It was early 80s, yes. I want to I make the case that that was an attempt to cash in on better off deads. Ski success. Ski yeah, success, yeah. yeah. Um, not great. It was, we just watched <laughs> a lot of it um, at the office, and um, it's a porno. Uh, it is, uh, there's a woman we watched get roofied um, in the movie. Uh, for laughs. For laughs. Yeah. They mix her a drink, she falls down, and this character, Squirrel, that I remember as a kid being hilarious, oh, Jesus. Um, says, now that's a woman I can take advantage of. And uh, then they cut <laughs> into a sex scene. Uh, Different with, people. With though. Shannon Tweed. Yeah. So yeah. it's- um, Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed is oh, in wow. this. She got the and. Uh, uh, I, uh, so <laughs> it's- um, I did rewrites on a Shannon Tweed picture. Really? <laughs> I, wow, it's all coming out. I, I, yes, no, I, had, I had a whole career in the nineties doing straight to video stuff, and I would uh, worked on. I can't remember the title of it. It was. I feel like she was a radio sex therapist. I don't. Oh, Don, our engineer's nodding. He remembers. Yeah, what was that called, Don? It was. He loved it, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> now I don't remember. I I I don't remember seeing losing it. Um, which is number it's two. Early Tom Cruise. Dave's been itching for it. Woody can't stand it. If I can wait, why can't you wait? And Spider will do anything for it. Spider! Stop him! There comes a time when nothing seems more important than losing it. Tom yeah, Cruise, yeah. Very yeah, early yeah. Tom Cruise, where they go to yes, Tijuana. So uh, uh, my friend Kathy Zatarka was the script supervisor on that picture. Wow. So, um... That's number two on this list. And I'm going to give credit to the guy who, uh, I guess this list has uh, evolved over the years. But um, uh, again, early Tom Cruise, would they go to the premises, they go to Tijuana to lose their virginity. Mm-hmm. That's that's the premise. Isn't that's, Shelley Long in it? Am I insane? No. Um, sorry. Uh, Tom Cruise, Jackie Erie? Uh, no. Jackie Erie Holly? And um, No. Um, no one else I really know. It's like Tom was the one who escaped from that one. Tom, yes. Tom got out of that one. Yes. Yeah. But the premise is uh, set in 1965. 40 ra- four rowdy teenagers travel to Tijuana, Mexico for a night of partying when they are joined by a heartbroken housewife uh, who's looking for a quick divorce. And Played by Shelley Long. That's, am I right? I don't know. Is, I, I, doesn't I, say so. Doesn't we don't say. go that deep. And yeah. wasn't it directed by somebody interesting? Directed by uh, Curtis Manson. Curtis, Curtis Hanson. 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 No, Curtis Hanson. Good lord! Um, yes, Shelley Long. Did, Shelley I Long like is confidential. The, I mean, he's, he, he was a terrific director. So yeah, writer director Jackie Earl Haley, Roger Corman, wow. and and Shelley Long is the yeah yeah. But no, Curtis uh, Curtis wrote uh, wrote and directed or co wrote and directed the L.A. Confidential. Silent so, Partner rewrote. Amazing. Yeah. So actually, and it notes that it's not a bad movie. I, I <laughs> no, it's, actually not, it's actually not a bad movie. No, so I don't remember. It's of all the movies why you can't on remember this it. list. Yeah, yes. exactly. I only saw the really <laughs> the bad awful ones. ones, which brings us to Hard Bodies. This is Hard Bodies, the film that will teach you important new words like Hard Bodies. It means perfect little foxes down on the beach. BBD. It's a bigger and better deal. And Wuss. Yeah, she said he got a lot more class than an immature boy like you. Oh, man. That was. That was.
another. Wow. And Did you because, see that in theaters? Well, they made two of these. Um, <laughs> see, that's the thing with seeing these in theaters. I, I was at an age where you could not Couldn't see get these in theaters. Oh, okay, sure. So so this is where that was VHS. the whole thing about one of the reasons that the home video was so popular. Sure. Was that it was a circumventing of the rating system. And yes. The rating system had been keeping these kids out of seeing these bouncing right. boobs for all these all these years. And now suddenly, and that's why the rating system was essentially a joke after home video came out, because basically a kid, anything that a kid could get from a video store or from his mom's closet or whatever, right. he could run for all of his friends. Yeah. And so and yet the 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 sac <laughs> the the um the rating system was so sanctimonious about about how important it was to keep kids out of these theaters, and the the percentage of people who saw them in theaters was so minuscule compared to the number of people who saw them right. on video. So, I mean, and and it, it persists today as a kind of a ridiculous. That's right. Hang, yeah, they still. I forget them. they still rate movies. Oh, yeah. And these were just mixed in with the comedies, right. so you could go. Oh day. yeah, you could there walk in. No, and... like a little gray area outside the beaded curtain. Yeah. Uh, this these were mixed in with the comedy, so we yeah. could go and rent anything. Yes. You know, I could, uh, and nobody cared. Like, sir, of son, you just rented Blame It on Rio for right. twentieth. And you could delude yourself that the sweet middle aged woman behind the counter didn't know you were basically renting porn. Somehow she didn't know what because hard bodies, hard was. bodies and yeah, blame it on yeah. Rio. Yeah, it's, they're, 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 they look like Gavin and Costello movies. So um, yeah, hard bodies. Hard bodies two. Hard bodies uh, was so successful in 1984 that hard bodies two came out. Um, again, that is directed by Mark Griffiths, who stuck around for the second one and starred uh, Grant Kramer. A lot of people you just never heard of. And what is, um, what is Hard Bodies about? Is it's the, uh, three middle-aged daddies uh, visit California to have a marvelous time at the beach when they learn that a nice apartment and an expensive cabriolet isn't enough for them to score with the ladies. And that's Hard so Bodies. So they have an agenda. Yeah. 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 Um, and God, Hard this Bodies- keeps taking me back to I, – I, very early on I was writing for a company that did straight-up softcore porn – and they came to me. I had written a couple of shorts they were happy with that ran on, you know, Cinemax or whatever. They said, we want to do a feature. It can be anything. It needs to be one location. It needs to be a place where it makes sense that people wouldn't wear a lot of clothes. If you can come up with something, we'll, we'll pay you to write it. And I said in the room, I was like, uh, how, about, how about a beach house? And they went, oh, my fucking God. That's <laughs> And that has put you where you are today. No, I, it never got made. I think it was the only time they ever commissioned a script that didn't get made. God knows why. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
But yeah, so it's a so bunch of guys. So go what's, to a, after, what's after Hard Bodies? After Hard Bodies, we go to, straight to Porky's. Porky's is number five. Ah, Porky's. Oh, nice. Now you're in classic. 20th Century Fox would like to introduce you to Pee Wee and his pals. Big and Artie Mother. Tommy, Mickey, Tim. What's going tonight, right? I don't know. And the biggest man on campus. Why do they call you meat? Because it's so big? When they're not in class, they're into everything. So yes. Porky's is the premise that they just these again these this group of guys teenagers want to go have <laughs> horny teenagers horny teenagers want to make it to Porky's and Porky's is a whorehouse yeah yep and that's it it's American graffiti with a whorehouse with a whorehouse that's <laughs> a massive hit. The bitch now massive hit great director by uh, the way Bob Clark genuinely great director. Uh, and yeah, it was of uh, Canadian right. Yeah, because he's yeah. Canadian, uh, and uh, made for a dollar ninety eight. From I mean, but the, can we talk about him for? I've I've always been. Fat. I'm sure you knew him. Did you know him? I or? didn't know Bob because I mean he did. He did. He did. By the way, I knew people who worked for Bob constantly, but you know yeah. his producers. Did they like him? Camera Was people. He? Well, people like Bob because I would think you know he did. The, I think two of the best Christmas movies ever made: Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. He did one of the best Sherlock Holmes movies. Too. Uh, Murder by Decree is phenomenal. I love that with um, uh, Christopher Plummer as Holmes and yes. James Mason. Coming up on Trailers from Hell, actually. Uh, oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, so, uh, okay. Which, um, yeah, it's a it's Jack. It's a Sherlock Holmes meets Jack the Ripper. Wow. And I mean, so he did real movies, and then like I you know, and then somehow Porky's comes along, and probably the biggest hit he ever had, right? It probably well, Christmas Story. Oh, Black Christmas. Big. Well, Christmas Story was a flop when it came out. I think. I think I so. I, I think it did okay. I but, mean, it was obviously Porky's much was better a later. Phenomenon. That yeah, was Porky's insane. Was a big hit. So he did Porky's one and two, but he skipped out on Porky's Revenge. That's ah, right. okay. Yeah, Bob took a break. And uh, yeah, I remember. I remember all. I remember Porky's. I've not seen it since. I do remember seeing it in a the theater. I remember everyone just laughing our asses off. No, it was a, it was a very popular. Movie. Successfully. Now, funny when you were film. in the theater, do you recall like people in the theater? Like how many packed theater? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a big because there's something really about that. I was I was talking about. I saw it um, super bad on a Sunday night in Houston, Texas, after doing stand up comedy for the weekend, and I saw it was a packed packed theater. People sitting in the stairwells, um, and there was nothing like it. I it was it was no, amazing. You see a movie with an audience, it's not the same as seeing it on your TV. And I feel like you rarely, other than you know, to superhero movies now and opening weekends, you're not getting that anymore. There's just so many opportunities because also you know, growing up in San Francisco, there was the Coronet, the Alexandria. Like there's you knew it was the theater that you would go to, and there was no you know mega complex before the mall where you yeah. could go yeah. and watch um, anything. I just, uh, it's shooting this movie in London, uh, go out and days off would go to a huge mall and uh, Sony controls all the theaters there. And they have these view theaters and I pay to sit in a nicer chair yeah, and then I would with fewer go, people, with two, with fewer no. people. <laughs> and everyone around. Yeah, and then I'd been two more dollars. I got me into a, a bigger, nicer chair that you sure. reclined. It was like, why wouldn't anybody do that? And um, turns out a lot of people didn't. So you had to be surrounded by other folks. But again, the movie theater was thirty percent full, and mm. on a, yeah. you know, opening week. So well, anyway, people, people do still come out for some uh, superhero films. They still get packed houses for horror films and and some comedies i think 
Um, I feel like I feel like uh, uh, what was a girls trip. Probably. Girls Trip did great. And that was a massive hit. Yeah, we're talking about comedies now that, um, and, you know, this, and we'll go back to the list uh, in a bit, but I was uh, in Night School, um, made by a guy named Will Packer and Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish. And it's a $30 million comedy that made a lot of money and, you know, did not, got reviewed poorly, but was fun to make and, it's silly. To watch. It's, it's Romney Malco, um, from 40 year old virgin. He pukes on Rob Riggle. You know, saying so there's a lot of fart and uh, yeah. I, do you smell gas? Well, I farted a little bit. Uh, it <laughs> never it's, gets it's, old. No, it's uh, a lot of pee and poo joke. I mean, it's just, but who's making those anymore? Um, nobody's really making that PG 13 really stupid, they can, silly. They can comment. get it on Netflix now. Yeah. So they can get, and that's what an article that I actually did pull up because you had this Emma um, and Emma Thompson, Mindy Kaling oh, yeah, so movie that late. just came out called Late Night, mm-hmm. and didn't do great. And there's a, is Netflix to blame for ruining? No, comedy? I think the reason it didn't it didn't do well is because when I first saw the ad for it, I thought it was a Netflix movie, and I assumed it was on television. <laughs> I didn't think of it oh. as a theatrical film until I looked down at the bottom of the ad. Because it doesn't look like the kind of movies that they're making for that they put now. in theaters. Yeah. It really doesn't. And also, the premise of late night is probably tricky, considering that we're just getting bombarded with late night. And so yeah. it's. Uh, well, I'm also. Is it a period piece, no, or is it? No, a, no is it's, it a, it's a. She's a. Because uh, does anybody in a, in a in a world that doesn't exist? She's a right. huge star, a female star of a late night show. Well, that's why, because I for, yeah, that's all I know from the trailer. I'm like, that is not a world that. But that's a world that people. It wouldn't be bad if there was one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but but yeah, those those sort of raucous, insane, stupid comedies that pack a theater full of idiots having a great fucking time. I say that as someone who has been one of those idiots many times. And, yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, um, I can't remember the last time I was in that theater. No. So after Porky's, we go Oops. to Risky Business. So your folks are going out of town. Just use your best judgment. You know we trust you. You got the place all to yourself. <laughs> A good time, Joe. In the privacy of your own home. Just take those old records off. Movie that probably everyone has seen. Another early. Yeah, I don't know that I would classify that in the uh, tits and ass category. I. I mean, it, it has some, but but the the premise of that movie is so clever. Yeah. Uh, you know, that the, that your parents are away and you have the run of the house and you can do whatever you want. There's and- a couple on this list that feel out of place, and that is definitely one of them. So um, we'll see that. Uh, I feel like it taps into that stuff. It certainly does. No, no, it does. It gives era. you an excuse to to want that stuff and to right. show that stuff. But right. it's the, 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 the framework, I think, is a lot more clever than Porky. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is another one that um, I probably watched a hundred times uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Star Wars, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sound of Music. In the tradition of these great films about fighting back against the odds, 20th Century Fox presents another milestone in motion picture history. Revenge of the Nerds. 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 Nerds! What is a nerd? (laughs) They've been laughed at. Picked on, 
and put down. I'm not kissing a nerd. They don't have the moves or the muscle. You know karate? I know. Good. But they've got the brains. I know what we're going to do. It's time for the odd <laughs> to get even. Now, do you remember that being a huge hit? Was that yeah, a, it was a pretty big hit. It was a big hit. I didn't know Definitely. that Orson Welles narrated. Or I think he did. Oh, that's right. Uh, did he? I think so. I think you're right. But yeah, that was that was a big hit because they did what three more of them or two? Yeah, more there was, yeah. There was there. three more. There was the um, Nerds in Paradise. Yeah. Remember that one with yes. the Hotel Coral Essex, and then the it was what just said Hotel Oral Sex, and the Neon Sign. Uh, I get and, it. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was um, that was a good one. But um, yeah, Lamar, a lot of stuff that you're not going to see in. Movies contemporary now. film. Well, for good reason. I mean, there's some yeah. doesn't some times, I, times do change. Yeah, yes. and and for the better. I like to think, at least in terms of. Uh, well, not maybe not so much for the better for comedy, because there's a lot of things that you can't poke fun at anymore. Yeah, but I mean, there's stuff in our friend. Don't they? Don't they? Isn't there like a drug rape thing in where sort of or no somebody? What did you did you watch it again for this? I didn't right? rewatch. No, but I've seen like it somebody so many is times. wearing a mask and they trick yeah, someone into having Lewis. sex with them. And, Lewis uh, yeah. uh, tricks um, the main uh, uh, Sigma, or I forget what her sorority sister. Yeah, sorority into, sister into yeah, uh, having sex, having with sex inside. But isn't that just a variation house. on Animal House? But it, it, yeah, but he doesn't get away with it in Animal House. Hmm. He passes out, or she passes it was earlier. Out. I think. Yeah, actually, Animal House was earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, my tutor. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a whole subgenre. The uh, the 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 boy who's yes, sexy uh, teacher or um, yeah. uh, they're playing with fire. Wasn't that one? Uh, yeah. There's 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 always a situation. Is my tutor? The it's usually a usually a rich kid. Um, at a boarding school. father, yeah. either at a boarding school or at home or whatever, and and the the maid or the whoever. Uh, is it, actually this is also a big genre in Italy. Uh, Laura Antonelli made a whole lot of these pictures uh, uh, about one of which I can't remember the title was a big success here um, about sexy maids who have you know sex with adolescents. Uh, it's a thing. Uh, is that one that's Sylvia Crystal? Adole though, adolescent it? wet dream, I believe. Is yes. <laughs> well, wasn't that one Sylvia Crystal? Crystal? Yeah. yeah. There was one. My, my tutor, or is that? No, no, that's Karen Kay. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Karen Kay. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was the whole thing. And then there was the... Uh, Matt Latanzi, Karen Kay, Kevin McCarthy, Clark Brandon, directed by George Bowers. Yeah. Um, the biggest breast you'll ever see in a film, not rated X. Uh, that's Is that the headline? That's, that's was the, that how the poster? <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good headline. Um, Roger would like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subtle. It's subtle. Let's see. Uh, next up, uh, number 11 on this list, Private Resort. Uh, story of two adolescent boys who are guests at a Florida resort for the weekend. Um, only interest is chasing girls. Um, let's see. It's another George Bowers who also did My Tutor, and that's with uh, Johnny Depp is in that one. So he basically owned this genre is what we're saying. Well, yeah. he, he, I think he was also a Canadian director. Um, let's he did see. The Hearse also with Trish. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, this goes back to um, the boarding school, private school with Phoebe yes. Cates. That's uh, yep. a student in it's a genre. all girls private school is in love with Jim, who attends an academy for boys nearby. Um, and that's um, 
Noel Black, Noel Black, and uh, Phoebe Cates, Betsy Russell, Matthew Modine is in that. Um, let me see. Now, Spring Break, two sets of college guys uh, spend a spring break together in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, they have lots of fun in and out of the sun. Locations, locations should yeah. more money. Well, that's interesting because there's so many spring break movies um, that you could do that. But that's is that a thing anymore? Spring break? Yeah. Would anyone at this table know if it were? No. No, we would not. (laughs) Don't we see stories in the the newspaper about the the various riots and various spring breaks in Florida? Still? Is it still happening? I know there's the Harmony Corinne film. There's still kids and they still have to have breaks. Well, that's what uh, Girls Trip was all based around the Essence Festival in New Orleans. So that's a version of I mean, it goes back to where the Which is how I found out about the Essence Festival. That's what I was. Literally because of that movie. Yeah, I'm, you know. Well, I was actually shooting something in um, Savannah, Georgia, and they had for spring break is uh, not spring break. It's uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day is similar to that, where it's um, it's a similar spring break thing where they they it's packed that you can't walk yeah. around anywhere, mm. and it's such a big party you don't want to be anywhere near it. Um, but yeah, you could base movies yeah. at an event, right? Where you could go out and get. I mean, well, I'm sure there's even no even better releases. if it's a real event that you can actually go out and shoot backgrounds, right? Or, or yeah, and get them to give you some handouts to make it. Yeah. But that's yeah. Why didn't I mean? Because Girl Trip was such a massive hit. You'd think it would spawn, you know, in a more rational era. You make Porky's, and then there's five thousand Porky's knockoffs. I haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of. I think the era of the knockoff has been sort of thrown out of whack. But even even the knockoff, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's it's it definitely identified that there is an audience and a huge audience for this stuff. And you would think that the um, um, you know the wonderful business we're in, where everybody is rational, insane, and intelligent, would would then go. We need to make more movies for that audience. Yeah, and that's what I'm curious about. It's like Will Packer is doing this. And, uh, he made Night School and, and and Girls Trip, but why aren't there more movies made for these diverse audiences? When you go and I watch Super Bad in this Houston theater, and I see that it's 100% Latino teenagers, why isn't someone saying? Let's make comedies for these Latino teenagers. We've never seen. We were talking about Detroit Rock City. Um, the Latino version of that is finding Morrissey, and three kids go to are desperate to raise money and then go see Morrissey in Bakersfield, California. Like that's the movie, and getting there and falling in love and out of love and losing all your friends and the well, that's ecstasy. The, that's trip. the I want to hold your hand formula. Yeah, you know, but I mean that's a hit. There's and, no yeah, no one, that. no one will make. Yeah, that's crazy. No one makes that. Is that because there are no Latino executives that know? Well, I'm that sure there probably aren't enough Latino executives, but I, they're doing it somewhat more with black uh, films. There, there are a number of black films for that audience. For the, you see on the way to the airport, you see signs all over the place. Yeah. They're almost always not theatrical, though. Yeah. We were talking earlier too. There, there is, there's obviously, there's the you know the, the Latino audience is growing too, and there seems to be some vague awareness of that. Um, 
Something I remember just just a couple of years ago. Well, this is there's a couple of sitcoms, I think. Yeah, um, but there was. Do you remember when uh, it was interesting? Is you know there are parts of town where you expect to see these billboards, and then parts of town where you wouldn't. And I remember driving, you know, through Beverly Hills adjacent and seeing billboards for the Canton Floss biopic, and realizing that something had changed in the audience. <laughs> they were starting to recognize that there was a larger audience here. Was, was there kind of, a Canton Floss? There's a Canton Floss biopic. Yeah, really? I think it was, was a big hit. You know that advertising is usually limited to just b- small billboards in bad neighborhoods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the interesting thing was like driving down Wilshire Boulevard and seeing a giant billboard for a you know it's like okay, the world's changing. But yeah, that seems like you know a no brainer. The 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 no budget comedy. All right, uh, so number, let's see. Oh, I just sort of jumped ahead a little bit because these pages are a little out of whack. But well, um, So you rented all these films I rented, as a kid. As a kid, I probably rented uh, 80% of these. Uh, but again, you know, some of them are great. Like Up the Creek, I remember that. Um, uh, just jumping around a little bit. but uh, that, that was the Mad, no, no, that wasn't the Mad Magazine. The Mad Magazine was one, Up the Academy, right? Up the Academy, was up yes. the Creek. Up that the was creek a was a new uh, movie. Uh, it was uh, people on a um, camping trip. Okay, that's it. All right, that's you just Great described the, the movie. Fantastic. Uh, the Last American Virgin. I oh, do not remember that. Nineteen eighty-two. That's yeah. a little pre-me being able it's to rent anything. Depressing. Yeah, it's a canon film. He knows all about it. It's a remake of an Israeli film, and it's uh, it's just it's kind of it's kind of a downer. It's worth seeing. Uh, Fast Times. Yep. The Ridgemont High. Yes. One of the best pictures on your list. Easily. Easily, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Ski School is number 17. It's a rival group uh, uh, groups in a skiing school do battle. And um, I don't even know what that is. Uh, on the, it says on and off the pist. I don't know, skier. Um. Yeah, this is uh, they're party animals. That's that's. Well, they were the AIP made ski party. I mean, the the the, the, the whole the, 60s, the whole yeah, formula in the sixties was you take the kids and you, and you put them on the beach, and then after you run out of beaches, then you take them other places and you put them in the air and you put them in ski places and you put them in the water. You do whatever you can do to keep that formula going, uh, because it's got you know scantily clad girls and and scantily clad guys, right. and they're teasing around that they're going to have sex, but they don't really. They don't. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously well, by the time, the 80s, by the time the eighties yeah. came along, it was like, Whoa, now we can show them having sex. Yep. We can make all these movies over again and just be more graphic. The, I'm just, I, I'll just pitch a great movie that someone can now steal. And I, I just, I just looked after, I thought there has to be a movie called party animals. There's no movie called party animals. How, how, how did we go an entire decade without making party there, there, animals? There, the there, will, there will be a movie and it'll be a CGI cartoon. Uh, oh God! It will want it. It'll be. They're party planners. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of monkeys. Well, yeah. yeah, that are yeah. And <laughs> and, 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 uh, you'll you'll yeah, voice the ocelot, yeah. I assume, or something. That'll uh, go to Michael Pena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ocelot's Michael Pena. <laughs> uh, meatballs, meatballs two, and then meatballs three. Summer job that I don't remember at don't remember all. At all. Meatballs I, I bet you that was straight to video. Meatballs oh, three. I think that was to video. I bet you. Straight I bet you. I think was. my friend Archie Hahn was in two of those. Uh, oh, is he the kid? No, yeah. no, he was. Uh, he's like it would have been a counselor, I would think. But um, Bill Murray's in one of those, right? He's the first yeah, one. Yeah, Bill yeah. Murray's in the first one. Definitely not in the second one. Um, Almost but, certainly not in the straight to video one. 
well. Richard Mulligan. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And Hamilton Camp. Uh, so, the, uh, but um, Meatballs 3, Summer Job, no idea. Um, I'm sure it has the same plot. Different kids. Well, it's so funny because somebody must have really screwed this up or somebody got into IMDb. It's because this is what it says on the uh, synopsis for Meatballs 3, Summer Job. The ghost of a dead porn star comes to Earth to help a nerd with his sex life. I think, oh, I, 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 I'm afraid that is actually. I'm sure that's it. Why would that not be? School's out. It's summer again, and the party's just getting started. So come on along. Join the meatballs for fun, sun, and plenty of crazy action. And after sexy angel Sally Kellerman hits heaven's gate, it's just the way I picture it. She's sent to Earth to earn her wings. And the whole place goes topsy-turvy when she turns the camp nerd into the last word in love. So what I want to know is, what, what do you think, what was the cue? Because we're going to get into, you're going to get into like uh, the Martin Short of it all in a bit, and the sort of better stuff. But but you think there's a cumulative effect of, because um, it's funny, because I, I uh, the ones here that you brought up that I've seen, I actually saw in theaters, weirdly, and didn't have quite the furtive relationship, I guess, that, that you did. But I mean, was there a cumulative effect, do you think, of of kind of gorging on all of these films? It's I, I there has to be, you know, when you it's a combination of the comedy career, you know, it's like I, I loved all of these movies, but why did I love these movies and uh, why do I love comedy? I mean, my dad would make prank phone calls to my awesome. grandmother on a regular basis um, and pretend to be did a variety of characters, most of them Filipino. Have <laughs> <laughs> blood, this is Betty from down the block. I have lost my cat and I need you to help me find it, please. <laughs> and did my, you fall for these? Uh, every, 100% of the time. Fantastic. That was the best part of it. And <laughs> me it. and my little brothers, you know, being eight and five years old, just holding each other, laughing on the stairs and thought it was the funniest thing. I grew up on a block in San Francisco with other comedians, Michael Pritchard, from, who uh, won the very first San Francisco a comedy competition, who Robin Williams sort of credits, looking up to Michael Pritchard. Yeah. Um, so, um, Alex Bennett being on the radio, uh, he was, a, a, a guy who had comedians, local comedians on. So there's all these local comics, Larry Bubbles Brown, Johnny Steele, Michael Meehan, who also I grew up with. And I knew from, uh, being a little tiny kid would, uh, play with Michael Meehan across the street, who I saw eventually be on Mario Joyner's, uh, TV show, the half hour comedy hour. Um, on MTV, right. and so yeah. I saw this guy have TV success, and um, uh, later Monty Hoffman, who passed away, and he um, uh, was a, a very funny comic, but he would stand on the steps uh, with Michael Pritchard. They'd pull their T-shirts over their heads and pretend to be the California Raisin guys, and I'm a little <laughs> kid on my bike. Going, this is hilarious, and I so I, I loved from my dad and these, you right. know, being around comedy, and then watching all of these movies. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I loved everything that was funny. So you were you were so, watching like good 
quote unquote good comedy stuff as well at the same time. Yeah, I was watching yeah. all the so comedy anything, I could get my hands funny. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so the good happened to have boobs in it. Well, sure, yeah. sure, because yeah. you know, thirteen. I mean, yeah, to get, um, you know, and and now I'm scared to, for these kids who have such ac- the access to boobs that everybody has. You can go on Google and Google boobs, and there they are. <laughs> but, uh, you, when well, we'd have to go, we I mean, to, for, to, to find any pornography, like or anything like that, I had to sneak. I remember trying to sneak a Playboy. Into pornography, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'd try to sneak a Playboy into a uh, another magazine, and there was a place in the. No, inter- you weren't the first kid who ever. Yeah, did that. Inner Sunset. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a move. Um, no, the me and I think the me and brothers, Mike, me and the comedian, the me and brothers taught me how to do that. It was, a, but I as a guy got caught and slapped on the wrist by this guy uh, Rudy. Um, it was a comic book store that had all the art crumb stuff that you know and. Uh, Fat Freddy's cat. And oh, so yeah. we, we were trying yeah. to look at everything we freak could. Freak Brothers. The Freak Brothers. Yes. But as Fabulous far as like furry. Fabulous um, Furry Freak Brothers, yes. Um, as far as like but porn, I remember there's a hillside in San Francisco by our house. Um, we called it Turtle Hill. And I remember seeing a piece of a boob <laughs> sticking out of a magazine, just a little <laughs> magazine. Oh, okay, cutout. it's a photo. I'm- no, no, no. I went a much darker but, place. You really did. You're too black dahlia for me. <laughs> they found a head near my house a couple years ago. So I'm, you know. No, just a magazine, sort of ripped page, and I mean, we treated that thing like it was an archaeological <laughs> site. There's a guy with a, a paintbrush, lights. Oh, we had the little string. We <laughs> corded it off like we were assembling that. You know, putting it together like yeah, a fossil. Um, so we. Could, you know, and then these movies start coming out, and um, and we can because the lady at the VHS store, you know, and video store doesn't isn't paying attention to us. Right. We can rent them all. I mean, I got in trouble left and right from trying to watch Beastmaster. Um, Beastmaster. 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 When HBO first came out, when HBO, was, when HBO first came on, all they had was, was Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Yeah. That's what I think. There's a comedian. I don't know. I'm not uh, crediting, but HBO stands for Hey Beastmasters on. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've had Don Coscarelli on this show actually, so and there was some boob in that. Yeah. Uh, Is so, he boob and Beastmaster? Oh, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. So, um, just again, to be a you know fourteen year old uh, kid in the city, you know, and not you know, and probably going to Catholic school, but uh, yeah, we just um, in comedy would uh, watch it all. And watch everything I can get my hands on. Yeah. Including a lot of these bad, bad movies that we really didn't know were that horrible at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I sat around with a group of people and watched, uh, I remember watching The Making of Thriller on VHS. Like, we watched The Making of Thriller and uh, sat around. It was, uh, people came over. <laughs> to watch uh, the, I got my hands on I was finally able to get to making a thriller VHS That's and had a, was probably on a list for it and uh, they called you when it finally came called, in yeah I called yeah. it came in you're, yeah. you're up <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I remember most of these and again you know you're not going to watch the Meatballs 3 summer job but certainly Meatballs and um, Once Bitten is the next one it's just there sure Great. Good good vampire comedy. We got George Hamilton. Yeah, that? no, that's uh that George? That's the other one. Yeah, that's the other one. 
What was that? Oh, uh, that's the yeah, Juanjo, yeah. you can do it. You can um, do it. Uh, you got it. You got this. Uh, hold the name of that picture. Uh, <laughs> love something is on the top. Love oh, at first bite. Love, love at first, first bite. Yes. That's right. I had the once bitten novel. is Jim Carrey. That's uh, yeah. yeah that's, okay. There's, there was a, they did a, a photo novel of that where um, I think it was it was uh, um, what's the name the guy who did all those great Richard Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Or he branched off into contemporary films, and right. they would do little, little full color uh, paperbacks. And he did Love at First Bite, and I, I think I may even still have it. Did Love at First Bite, and he started doing. It. He did a few Star Trek episodes. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but there was a Love at First Bite photo novel, Fumetti's. F- yeah, uh, Bachelor Party, Tom Hanks. Bachelor Tom Hanks, yes, great movie. Saw it with my dad. You, know, you really did? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we it, were we were somewhere. And I mean, we're movie junkies. It was like had, to, and it was just one of those things where like we have to go to a movie. We're in some little town, I think, in Providence for some reason. It's the summer. It was like literally the only movie showing was Bachelor. We're like, fine, we're going to fucking Bachelor party because it's, you know, it's a dark room and there's light bouncing off of a screen. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and that was that. Yeah, Tom Hanks was great in that. Yeah, I definitely saw that in the theater. There's a, it's a, it's a theater movie for sure. Yeah. Um, Cave Girl. No. Well. Uh, there's Caveman. No, not Caveman. This is a 1985 Cave Girl class excursion. Oh, this is probably akin to like Encino Man, where they they find this uh, sex crazed oh, Daniel Roback, Rivers Edge. Oh, Daniel Roback. Yeah. Uh, on a class excursion to a cave with Stone Age paintings, the clumsy Rex gets lost. A crystal opens. Uh, sends it back to the Stone Age. Wow. The dinosaurs? Uh, he's teaching cave girls how to speak English and trying to, no get, dinosaurs. Into their, trying to get into their furry thongs. Nothing worse than a caveman movie with no dinosaurs. Well, Joe, you understand that there were not actually dinosaurs at the same time. That it doesn't cave matter. In, in caveman movies, there have, there to, have be to be dinosaurs. Or else what's the point? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. you. Know, Hammer but, made the One Million Years BC. Yes. And then they made uh, Creatures the World Forgot, right. which even has creatures in the title. Right. And it has no fucking monster. No, I know because they were that they were trying to be accurate. No, they weren't trying to be accurate. They're trying to save money. There were no dinosaurs back then. <laughs> the cheapest special effect is a naked woman. I, but it was one. Yeah, okay. But you know they could have just ignored the science too and given us dinosaurs. Well, they did. They did it the first time and it worked out fine. But then exactly. they didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just say yes. You go through. You know, like, uh, again. Uh, preppies, school spirit, uh, Hollywood hot tubs, screen test. It gets pretty deep into porn territory. Yeah. Like this is, yeah, the, the premise is Malibu bikini shop. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's probably, I mean, you all know that movie. Anything with Malibu in the title. Yes. Uh, they're going to close. The guy inherits his uncle's bikini shop. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to close it. <laughs> Damn. We got to do a car wash. <laughs> what a, yeah. Raise some money to save it. We got to scramble for some uh, cash. That sounds like that's, that's a movie. That's an idea for a movie <laughs> there. I think, uh, <clears throat> wow. Hot resort. I, I remember the poster. <clears throat> yeah. And like. Speaking of resorts, uh, another movie that I thought was fantastic and had a bunch of SCTV people in it was uh, Club Paradise uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Yes. And, um, so you had Eugene Levy. Right. And uh, Rick Moranis were Barry and Barry 
they were uh, smoked meats guys. And uh, a line I use to this day when they go, what's up with this beach? It's all preparation and no H. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, uh, Andrea Martin is in that. um, And uh, Eugene Levy spends the entire, a runner is a, he spends the entire time trying to score weed because there's these hot chicks that he wants to impress. And he ends up deep in the jungle. And he gets a humongous bag, a huge uh, glad bag full of weed, and then he's got to smuggle it out of the country. Those were the days. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Jimmy Cliff uh, was in that. That's, with yeah. Did, he do, yeah, did yeah. he do the song? I feel like he um, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I mean, I, I loved. I can't credit those enough. Inner Space um, was my favorite eighty sex one. Yeah, sex <laughs> one. no, just in terms of the comedies. Yeah, I loved. Um, you know, being no, I would love to segue to that because actually, as, as this goes on, I just get sadder and sadder as the. Uh, <laughs> it just feels dank and moist at a certain point. Yeah, we come no, to the tail it, end the, of these the, movies. The, the so list the gets, bloodline is getting so thin. It is, it is. So yeah, let's talk Inner Space, man, because that's a uh, that's uh, how because uh, at that point, you know, Joe. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, yeah. At that point, Martin Short has like, he's got SCTV, he's got Saturday Night Live under his belt, and then Strange Brew had already come out. Um, um let's see, this is eighty seven. Yeah. So, um, so it was a, where does he fall into like in terms of uh SCTV? I think he, I think he had like, already done He's already done Saturday Night Live. Well, yeah, no, he's definitely broadened his uh, his appeal because he's gone from SCTV to Saturday Night Live and he's become yep. very popular. Um, I don't know that he didn't do Three Amigos before this. Though. Three Amigos, mm-hmm. I think, was before that. And then uh, I, I, I get a, I get a little mixed up because sometimes people make movies and they don't get released well, then, right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he had a picture called Cross My Heart, which was the picture that followed Inner Space, which was supposed to be the movie that was going to make him uh, a huge star with wow. Annette O'Toole. I feel, was that not a romantic comedy? It was a romantic comedy. Right, yeah. okay. Uh, and I think they had great hopes for it and it didn't do anything. Wow. So he was not. I and I was. But he wasn't. It. He wasn't a giant star when he. No, I was the, reading about Three Amigos. He wasn't even supposed to be in it. Uh, it was uh, uh, Steve Martin, and it was going to be Dan Aykroyd, mm. and um, Chevy. Was, no, Chevy wasn't going to be in it either. It was uh, Dan Aykroyd and shit. Um. Yeah, Belushi. I'm not. Uh, I think it was Belushi. Yeah, was it yeah. Belushi? It was oh, Belushi. No. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, and then I guess Fran Drescher was cut out of it. She was had a huge part in that, and mm-hmm. so it was like a, a movie that, um, again, he wasn't really supposed to be in. His little Nettie Dieterlander. Uh, that I've watched over and over again. Just again, was just such a huge fan of him. But is he somebody that is cast in that? Does he audition for it? Is he pushed on you at that point? Or me? Yeah. No, he wasn't pushed on me at all. Uh, we uh, we thought he was perfect. Um, you know, and the only trouble we had in that movie was casting the female lead. But the but the the two guys were you know it was a no brainer, and um, and everybody was behind it. It was a terrific script. Uh, and um, Marty was made it the most fun movie to make uh, because he would do, you know, and these movies, the thing with working with actors is some actors are like to do, like to be really good on the first take and some actors don't like to have to do a lot of takes and then get to the eighth take and they're kind of 
tired, but there's another actor who needs eight takes to get to where it is that he wants. So you have to right. figure all that out. Um, but the thing about Marty was that he would, um, he would be a, in the first take, it would be a different movie than it was on the eighth take because he would try different things to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'd try, well, let's do this. Let's try that. And he would beg in Catherine Hepburn's voice, please, Joe, please, one more take, one more, please give me one more. Uh, and um, it was it was just a joy to go to work every morning. And it was, you know, it takes you know, several weeks to make a picture. And um, Several and, weeks. And, and he and, well, I mean, it's of close proximity. And, you know, the gimmick is that he and Dennis Quaid are never on screen together uh, because he's inside Dennis's body. Mm-hmm is he gets shrunken and uh yet we didn't want to pre-record one or the other's performances and then have to play it back interesting so So we figured the sound guy figured out a way to um have them both on the set at the same time so that they could ad lib and one of the reasons that that picture works so well is because a lot of the stuff that they do together is just made up on the spot because one of them is off camera one of them is on camera and then we do the same thing again the other, uh, we, we and shot, that was the plan going we in. Shot, yeah, then we shot Marty's stuff first, all the the normal stuff first, and then at the end, it was just like a poor Dennis had to sit in this pod for like two weeks, you know. Uh, sometimes with playback, but Marty was there so that they could actually interact. That's amazing, and uh, it was it was just very creative and a lot of fun. Do you and, remember what you made it for? How much? Uh, how, how much money? I don't remember exactly how much, but I would imagine it was probably twenty-five, maybe, because it had all the special effects in it. Sure. At the time. And did well. Uh, well, no, it didn't. It, it bombed, and uh, it, it, I wasn't too crazy about the title, but I really wasn't crazy about the ad campaign. The ad campaign was a giant thumbnail with a tiny little pod on it, and no sense yeah. that it was a comedy. Yeah. And it was called Interspace with oh, Steven yeah, Spielberg, right. and it looked like a science fiction movie. I mean, look at that, you know, the, the copper tone ads are better than that. Um, and so it, there was no in, inkling that it was a comedy. There was no pictures of the actors. Right. And so it, it opened and nobody came. Now wow. the, the previews that we had had were wonderful. The audiences loved the movie. And when you went to the theater, there were people there and they were, they were laughing. They had a terrific time, but the picture just, they just didn't know how to sell it. And the Warner brothers liked the movie and they, even a couple of months later, tried to reissue it with a different campaign. And that still didn't work. However, when home video appeared, uh, it was one of the first uh, letterboxed home video releases. That's, that's where I came in. And yeah. it was uh, very popular. And it, people saw it and gave it to their friends. Right. And it became another one of those 80s movies that people think were big hits. Because everybody's seen it. And everybody talks about it. Everybody yep. likes it. But they all think that it was a theatrical hit. But in fact, it wasn't. But I, I, I was, I found out on this show, I was starting, I'd actually seen it in theaters and, uh, uh, I'm sitting here talking to Joe, I'm like, yeah, that was a big hit for you. Right. And then Joe tells me this story, I'm, but I, I, yeah. And anytime I talk to anybody about it, they, they sort of. No, people are very affectionate it. about it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a fun movie and I think it's one of the best things Marty ever did in terms of, you know, yeah. performance. And he's a fantastic actor as well. He's a terrific actor. Did you see, um. Uh, damage that TV series. Yeah, I, I, not the entire thing, but well, I did watch some of his performances. Yeah, and I, I, did, I, I saw it up to the point they changed venues. They, they changed it to some other channel or something, and I couldn't get. But he, his, he has a big dramatic arc in that picture, and he is a lawyer, I think, a crooked mm-hmm. lawyer, and he's terrific. I mean, he's really a good actor. I mean, yeah. like Jerry Lewis was a really good actor. Yeah. 
you know, uh, when in straight roles. Yeah. But there's something about both those guys. There's such a, uh, they carry so much comic baggage mm-hmm. that when they walk in, you have to overcome that. You know, you're going to have to find some way to but tell that's me what the first that, couple of minutes. Comedians love to play tragedy. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But, but there's a couple like Jerry Lewis or somebody where you want, it's like, come on, it's Jerry Lewis. And then you, you get over that hump, whereas there's a ton of comedians show up and you don't even think about it just because they're solid well, actors. Well, Rodney Dangerfield not, in uh, Natural Born Killers. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. It's a pretty scary performance. Yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> and did that? That's one by a complete singer. That's the one they got him. Mean, they they wouldn't. He had five movies that had made a trillion dollars, and the Academy wouldn't let him in. Remember that? And and then there was no, this campaign I, to get him into the Academy. And, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, there was a whole thing. It was literally you like you couldn't believe what was playing out because they were not giving Rodney Dangerfield any fucking respect. <laughs> And then I think I'm going to get this completely wrong, but I feel like after Natural Born Killers, they tried to, and he was like, I don't want it. <laughs> but yeah, well, just, I mean, back to school, easy money. Huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and he was, he was uh, like W.C. Fields in the sense that he built a character. Yeah. That uh, audiences could recognize from picture to picture. And, yeah. it could, and it could be a different character in a different movie, but it would always be, was his Still. trademark, yep. you know, take on it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah. Anyway, Inner Space is is glorious. Uh, but I, I it still boggles my mind that that was not a hit. Well, we just we don't think about it as not a hit now. Yeah. Now it's yeah. just a lovely piece of film history. And and one of Al Madrigal's favorite uh, teen sex romps from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody in the movie was a teen a number of years ago. Uh, many years ago. So yes. if you want to reimagine it like Bugsy Malone and have them all be young. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but just um, again, in the these movies aren't being made, which is for and some on majority on the list for good reason. But just comedies in general. But I just are, wonder if the audience is the same. You know, I mean, the the, the horny youth audience that that you represented, obviously, as a as a kid who was looking at these movies. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are horny youths as long well, as there have been youths, but the, but the the environment is different. The, the, everything around them is different. Well, yeah, you're not. I mean, I think the part you know, we're talking about that, the part the part where you're getting kids who are just psyched to see a boob. I, that's uh, that, that world is gone. But but the part where yeah, as you said, those kids in what was it Texas watching uh, Superbad. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's that they're, is they're a, still out there. Yeah, yeah, they're still out there, and they're they're still happy to pack a house for a you know raucous. Well, how come they exploit this and make some money from? That? I know it's it's like this, <laughs> this this boggles my mind. It's like I understand why you know all kinds of strange projects have a hard time getting made, but like, why aren't there more sort of dopey transgressive teen? Well, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of dopey stuff. Yeah. You know, well, but I don't the, think it's transgressive though. The yeah, dude, where's my car for sure. Latino, Asian and black, you know, black audiences like that. There, there are no, those silly movies. Maybe are, they are limited to Netflix uh, or I don't even think they're making. Well, them. the exhibition business has changed so much. I mean, you know, the, the, these were a lot of the movies you were talking about are movies that were playing because movies used to change three times a week. And sometimes there were double bills and they needed product. They needed something to, to play and drive-ins were still available mm-hmm. at that yeah. time. And they, a lot of these pictures were very big hits on drive-ins. Uh, and now all that uh, all that stuff is gone, and the only place there is to go to see a movie is either at your multiplex, or your computer, or streaming. I mean, and here's the reality: it's it's there. I think it's sitting there. It's waiting for someone to to you know 
to tie it back into you to, to, to do with that what you did with your, your comedy network and podcasts. It's like just someone come along who can access a little bit of capital, make a few of these, get some distribution yeah, we're, to we're theaters. Getting, we're getting close to that. We've got and, people sniffing around. I mean, they're not offering a ton of money. But to do movies? To do movies, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, money isn't great. Well, but, nobody offers a ton of money anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, unless it's a tent pole and there's a reason to make 27 Marvel versions and pay everybody zillions yes. of dollars. You know, to get anything off the ground now is, first of all, it has to be cheap. No matter what you do, they want to shoot it in Croatia. Mm-hmm. You know, but, 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 but it's set, it's set on a high school football field. There's lots of those in Croatia, yeah. you know, uh, it, 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 the, the need to make a profit as ever, uh, has, um, wagged the dog basically, you know? And so you see things getting made, uh, for a lot less money than it takes to make them correctly. And there's a misapprehension that just because you can program a computer to make the, background look like Cleveland when you're really in Europe, um, that somehow that's going to, you know, that justifies making a movie. Yeah, we saw a shot in um, Manchester for New York when, you know, we were doing Morbius. <laughs> it's going to look great. Is it all green screens? And- so, I mean, they have a couple streets in Manchester that look like New York City, non yeah. city street that looks exactly like a New York City street. Because it didn't work out too well in Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, well, I don't think it was supposed to. Well, I guess that's one way of looking at it, but it wasn't convincing. The thing that always gives it away for me when they do that is is you that know, one they, that same mailbox that keeps reappearing yeah. on every corner. Well, I mean, you go to Europe, where where as a friend of mine said a couple of years ago, it was just funny. He said these these barbarians still believe in infrastructure. The thing that gives it away is when people are supposedly walking down the streets in New York City, but there are no potholes. You're like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's got to be Europe. It's got to be Europe. But I, I think I was going to say that you mentioned the the idea to me. Before we started doing this, and then you mentioned it on here, so no, but I think the the um, the Mexican kids chasing after Morrissey movie is, I mean, that's a no brainer. Sure, that feels like you know there's a giant audience out there who would just, absolutely. You know about the Mexican not, teenager? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. about that. Yes, and oh, you can watch any of these videos. Wait, you knew but, Mexican teenagers love Morrissey. Yeah. Everyone, how knows. did you know that? I must have read it somewhere. I didn't know that. Well, I don't love there's a videos that you can, yeah, you can watch um, him on stage and kids just, uh, I mean, it looks like World War Z. They're piling over <laughs> each other to get to him. And he's very coolly continuing to sing and gives yeah. him a hug and they move on. And what, do you think, what do you think is the appeal? Um, you know, it's this sort of sad, uh, melancholy, what, uh, I don't know. Youth and uh, yeah, he, I don't know what he speaks to. Because uh, uh, again, I was, uh, I mean, I listened to the Smiths and uh, here and everybody's never a huge, huge fan. Um, so don't know, but I mean, that sounds like a natural. You should go, you, you go do it. You got, you got, you got some numbers, your Rolodex. Yeah. Call some people. Call some people. Get, Get together with some friends, take out your camcorder, start shooting way, stuff. Yeah, or just you know. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anybody uh, listening wants to uh, get a hold of me and we can put together some uh, some money, yeah, let's, let's do it. There you go. Exactly. And uh, yes, it'll be, it'll, it'll be our first. It'll be our, our first. Movies that uh, made Movies that made production. That's right, because you heard it here first. <laughs> um, Al, thank you very much for- uh, Thanks a lot for bringing your sleazy history. Yeah, I feel like I've been dipped in lard. It's- um, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. It's the truth. 
It's who uh, he is. It's who I am. It's uh, that the time spent at La Video. And yes. I even forget the name of. Was uh, there a La Video as well? Or were they like dueling? <laughs> dueling La Video. Yeah. La Video. La Video. The chain. Les- By the way, it should have been, right? Because yeah. pl- how many people walk out with just one video? Yeah, yeah. And they have the so oh, we. Uh, La Video. Might as well get more than one video. Yeah. yeah on um, Irving Street down the. You, you walk up to 9th and Irving or down to like 14th. There was another rival sort of video store that we'd go to but um yeah it was uh these are the movies that yeah. i watched you. yeah that maybe that's it they weren't good <laughs> they don't they're not <laughs> but they live they, they, live. Live. they do live they live through your live in our memories yeah. our show was recorded in beautiful downtown burbank the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.